Pulling your images is probably one of the first things and could be one of the more important things you do before you get into your real editing workflow. Today, we're going to be talking about the post-production workflow and specifically focusing in on culling. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Free Will Photos podcast with Chris Scott, where I help new photographers overcome photography equipment, editing applications, and creative blocks so you can go further in your photography journey. Tune in every Monday and Friday for the most recent show. If you want to get in contact with me and ask a very specific question, send me an email at freewillphotos at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Free Will Photos podcast. I'm your host, Chris Scott, and today we're going to be talking about culling or selecting your images. If you've never heard of culling before, uh, this is the process after you have taken your photos and, might I add, backed up your images to a hard drive and potentially even a cloud storage, then what you'll do is go in and start selecting the photos that you like and you want to edit. I have some tips and tricks lined up uh, that will hopefully help you develop a good post-production workflow of calling your images. So I don't have too many admin notes other than there is a YouTube video that supports this and kind of walks you through my process in On One Photo Raw. Doesn't matter what photo editor you're using, be it Capture One, Lightroom, On One Photo Raw, even Darktable, uh, pretty much any, or even Photo Mechanic, right? We'll talk about some software later, but don't worry about the software that you're using. No matter what, everyone has to go through the process of selecting the image that they want to edit, and that's what we're going to focus on today because that's where your editing process really starts. So let's just get right into the content. Now, as a photographer, you have to see the potential in every single shot that you take. Sometimes this takes a little uh, imagination, if you will. When it comes to calling, you should ask yourself a few questions. Before we get into some of the tips and tricks, I want to give you the mindset in which you should have when you sit down and you start to call your images. The first one is, these are in no particular order. The first question that I have is, is this image what the client asked for? So when you're looking through your images, say, hey, is this what the client asked me to produce for them? Does this look too similar to the last shot I already selected. You want to make sure that you're not selecting multiples of the same exact image. That's a question you ask more so in your second or third round of calling. What stands out in this photo from the rest? That's a good question to ask yourself. What do I like about this photo? Uh, because the thing that stands out is the thing that you want to enhance in your editing later on. Does this make sense to the collection I'm creating? This is a, it, I mean, that's a self-explanatory que or question that you want to ask yourself, right? You don't want to select photos that uh, doesn't make sense to the collection that you're trying to create. And then the last one that I have is, what inspired me to take this photo and did I actually achieve it? Is the focusing correct? Do I have enough room to recompose the shot to get the look or the com uh, composition that I was going for in camera. These are things that you wanna ask yourself when you're calling your images. The other thing is you have to think like a photo editor. And I'm not talking about uh, the photo manipulation process of enhancing colors and all that stuff. 
What I'm talking about is pretend you work for a magazine and you are trying to uh, edit your photos or select the photos that are going to go into a spread for a particular article. If you have a client, it makes it that much easier because your client's going to tell you, this is what I want. And then you just look at all your images and you say, okay, this meets the criteria that my client set out. Now, if this is individual work, you have to think like an editor of what do I want the story or narrative of my images to be when people see these uh, online, in a book, whatever it is. So that's the first or that's the mindset you want to be in when it comes to calling. Here's where the tips and tricks come in. And this is 100% opinionated data. But I think many of you will agree with the thought process that I'm going to be using. So the very first thing is select in, not out. What that means is you want to be looking at the photos you like and choosing the photos you like. One, this is going to boost your creativity when it comes to editing and enhancing the photo. If you are spending time correcting a photo because you didn't get a good exposure or you missed focus and you're trying to save the image, uh, that's more of a restoration than a photo edit. When I talk about editing a photo, I'm not talking about fixing something. Bringing up the shadows, that's not fixing, right? That's just uh, enhancing the information that's already in the image. But if you have a ton of uh, blemishes that you need to remove, which sometimes you can't get away from if you are a portrait photographer, that's just that comes with the territory. But if you're doing a landscape photo and you have a ton of things that you need to remove, um, I'll put it like this. You want to choose the image that inspired you to take the photo in the first place. And you want to make sure that whatever you are selecting, you can actually enhance in the editing process to make that photo that much better. The, the reason why I recommend you using a select in versus a select out option is that when you start to think negative, you start to see your image in a negative light. Right. So by saying, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. You instantly it's a subconscious thing. And if you are a creative, uh, which I'm sure you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you do not want to use a select out option. You want to use a select in option because that just keeps your creativity flowing. So that's the main reason why. All right. Tip number two, make multiple passes. Look, if you shoot a particular uh, event, or if you go somewhere and you photograph something, you come back with hundreds of photos, you're not going to get all of your keepers in the first pass of culling. Uh, and usually in the last pass of culling, you're still going to end up losing some of those images to the editing process. You may realize that you cannot enhance what you thought you were going to be able to. And that's just, you know, that's a part of the, the game, right? We take 100 photos to get one, and that's just the way it is. What I'm saying here is you're going to have to take multiple turns at looking at your images. Now, I do recommend that you do your first pass, minimum your first pass, the day you take the photos, all right? Do your first pass the day you take the photos 
because the shoot is fresh in your mind and you know what you were going for. You'll remember some of the stories and the details about the situation. Um, and I have some more uh, notes on calling the day of, but the first pass, you want to make sure that you do that the day that you take the photos. Your second pass, that can be whenever you want to do it. Uh, but your second pass should be way more detailed, right? Uh, the first look at your images is, do I like this image? Did I get what I was going for? Yes or no? And if the answer to that is yes, then select it. If there's something that stands out and you're like, man, that would be really cool, then select it. Don't, don't think too hard on the first pass, right? Uh, you're checking focus because you want to image in focus most of the time unless you're going for something out of focus. Uh, and then on the second pass, that's when you really zoom in and maybe even pixel peep if you have to. Uh, and by the third pass, you're ready to, this is really where I start my editing. My third pass is my editing because by this point, I've probably gotten it down to 20 images that I'm ready to start working on. And I don't edit all 20 images in the same day. Right. I like to take my time with my editing uh, because it's a work of art, in my opinion. We're digital artists. Uh, I've talked about that in previous podcasts. I've already mentioned it and we're going to move on to the third one. I've already mentioned that you want to make your first pass the day of shooting. Right. I call this calling at the end of your shooting day. Wow. Mind blown. Super game changing. No, look. The reason you want to do this is, like I mentioned before, it's fresh in your mind. You know what the colors look like that day. So you know what you're going for in state, right? Uh, you selected the images that inspired you the most that day. Now, I'm not saying to delete all of your images because I have gone back and looked at images I rejected over the years and found some keepers that... I probably just overlooked because of my experience at the time. Uh, and this is, you know, something that you're going to want to uh, play around with. Do you delete the photos that you reject or do you keep the photos that you reject? I don't know. That's a choice that you have to make. I personally keep all of my images and I have a ton of hard drives and it's a little painful. Uh, but I know that if there's ever a day when I get bored and I'm like, you know, I want to go look through some old photos, they're there and I have them available. Now, calling the day that you shoot can be challenging and difficult, right? Especially if you shoot a wedding and you had to be there at four or five o'clock in the morning so you can start getting the uh, getting ready shots and, you know, take some detail shots or some preparation shots, whatever it may be. I completely understand that. And you may not get home until midnight, two o'clock in the morning. Part of our profession means that we have to block off the time to do that first pass. So should you take a nap? Absolutely. You know, I don't want anyone doing anything unsafe. If you are tired, calling your images are not that important. Go ahead and go to sleep, wake up and, you know, get to work. Uh, but if you can factor in the calling into your shooting time and your overall project, like if you say, hey, I know I have a wedding and I get off the clock at 10, 
uh, I'm going to have to go back and cull all of these images after I back them up, especially if you're shooting a wedding. Uh, you want to back those things up. And then, you it, you know, if you're using Lightroom, you might as well import them and go to sleep because it, it's going to take a while for those images to import if you got thousands of photos from a wedding. And then, you know, you come back fresh with a cup of coffee in the morning or tea if you're into that. And you start to edit your images. So obviously factor it in, but plan when you're going to call your first images. I would say no more than 24 hours after the actual shoot. Uh, but if you can do it within, you know, three hours of your photos getting backed up, you'll find, or at least me personally, I have found more creative inspiration in making images uh, and editing images and choosing the right images to edit and deliver to the client, uh, which is why I've gone to that whole tablet workflow, because uh, one, it makes it easier for me in post-production when I get home. And we'll talk about that later on in the series of post-production, uh, building your post-production workflow. So the next thing that I have is the selection system. Now, this is where you're going to spend a lot of time developing uh, it took me a while. I recently changed my system because I started shooting raw plus JPEG and my old uh, edit editing or calling system just didn't work because uh, I needed to do the exact same thing to the raw images and find the raw images of the JPEGs that I wanted to edit. And that just became a nightmare. So uh, what I've done now is a completely different system. Uh, which I didn't even cover in the video on YouTube, how I really do that. Uh, I just showed the first step to that. So uh, if you're interested, go check out that video, leave a comment, and I will do a completely separate video of how I use On One Photo Raw to separate my JPEGs and RAWs and select the exact same images. So when I go later, I have my select folder and all that good stuff. And look, my, my friends, the very first thing that you want to do is choose how you want to view your images. Do you want to view them in full screen or do you want to view them side by side? Or uh, do you want to do how I personally like to do it, which is a film strip view uh, where the photos are at the bottom and then I have a viewer so I can see what photos are coming up next. I like to look at what's coming up next because I may not want to select uh, the particular photo that I'm looking at if the one coming up next looks a little better. Uh, and I do jump back and forth in my first pass. Uh, this is frowned upon by a lot of people, but my first pass is supposed to be quick. At the same time, I want it to be efficient, right? If there's a keeper that I can identify based off of, you know, the focal length and the, the JPEG preview that pops up, I want to make sure that I am selecting the image that I want and uh, that works out. So choose your viewing uh, preference, either full screen or side by side. Then you're going to go to how will you mark your images? Uh, what I miss from Lightroom that is sort of available in on one is the flagging system on one uses a heart or an X, whereas 
Lightroom used a flag with a check mark or an X on it. Um, I prefer the Lightroom system for the flagging piece, but I can't be uh, too picky about it. I figured out that hearts just means it's a flag, right? I had to unlearn what a heart meant in life, you know, which is love or I really, really like this. But in on one, a heart just means you like it and that's it or that you picked it. Uh, so to me, whenever I see the heart, that just means I picked it. And then I use my star and my color codes to determine how much I like that photo, if you will, or how much I picked that photo. One star just means I'm going to edit. Two star means that uh, it's probably going to need more work than what I already have. And then three through five stars means that I'm going to be working on something uh, a lot further. Now, I choose if I'm going to deliver to the client or not deliver to the client based off of the color code. I use the color codes because how I deliver to the client really matters for me. If I'm delivering a printed version, then I use green. That lets me know I need to get this ready for printing. If I'm going to deliver an on-screen uh, photo or something that they're not going to print, it's for social media or a website or something like that, then I make it blue. And sometimes I have to make you know duplicates, one ready for the online uh, photo and one ready for printing. Now, my color tags, those don't come until later. The star tags happen usually in my second pass because that lets me know I need to edit this photo. Uh, my first pass, I use the flagging system where I push P on my keyboard and I select whatever the image is. And then in my second pass, I start to choose if I'm going to edit a photo and how much I'm excited to edit the photo. I use one and two. Either one, I'm, I'm excited, you know, it's gonna be okay. I'll edit that photo eventually. And then two is like, no, this is a must edit photo. And it helps if the client is telling me, you know, if, if I'm doing some extensive work on the back end, uh, if the client says, oh man, I really like that shot because I am sharing the photos at the uh, at the session, and this is where that calling right after or within 24 hours of the session, uh, you'll remember some of those conversations that you had with the client so you can deliver and build a better service that your clients will genuinely appreciate. So choosing your system of selection that is something you'll have to play with. Like I said, I recently changed mine uh, from the old version that I used to have in Lightroom because I'm using a completely different software now. So I had to change it uh, to fit the software and to fit the way that I photograph. So the next thing that I have is software used to cull. Now, I mentioned this earlier, software does matter, and I'm not gonna go crazy deep into this. Adobe Lightroom, you can call in there, even though a lot of people say a Lightroom is not designed for calling. Um, a note that I have for you, if you are using Lightroom, I recommend that you upload all your images on your hard drive, 
and then send those to the Adobe Creative Cloud or your cloud, whatever. Sync the uh, the photos with Lightroom Mobile. And if you have a tablet, the culling process on the tablet, I have found to be very useful and really rewarding in the long term. So that may be an option available for anyone who just doesn't like using the mouse. Like there's something intuitive about sliding up and down and then moving on to your next image by swiping left or right. I don't know. I personally like it. Uh, and I think that it works well. And then all of that stuff is synced back to your computer. So you can go back on your computer and, and do all your edits if you want to calibrate it, monitor or whatever. Now, I personally, I, I really enjoy calling an on one photo raw right now, especially in the 2021 version, uh, because there's this new feature of organizing photos. So if I take a series of images of a family and there's different facial expressions in each of them, I can group those by uh, similarity. And the AI in on one just looks at all these images and figures out, yep, these should probably be grouped and these shouldn't be. Uh, I have a video on that as well on the channel. So check that out if you're interested in how the Organize photos feature works uh, that I'm still playing with to figure out how that's going to fit into my culling workflow, but it can definitely help out with the first pass just to group images together. Um, especially if you're a landscape photographer, you may find that uh, one composition that you have looks a little better than the other and you just want to group them and then cull based off of the compositions that you have. That could be a workflow. I don't know. Uh, to me, this is a very valuable tool. Now, other software that you can use is Darktable. I don't have a lot of experience with this. I tried out Darktable when I was looking for Lightroom alternatives and I just didn't like the editing, so I didn't really spend a whole lot of time, but I know that you can call inside of Darktable and it has some features for you to keyword and tag and all that stuff. And then I guess the elephant in the room when it comes to calling images, many people have probably heard of this. And if you're new to the photography space, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but there is a third party software called Photo Mechanic. Now, I watch videos of this on YouTube, and I personally have not found uh, any of the, not, not that the videos are bad, but I have not found that I need photo mechanic uh, because I'm not shooting weddings. I don't have thousands of photos to cull through. Uh, uh, typically, a photo shoot for me, I walk away an hour session, I may walk away with 150 to 200 photos, right? That's like my ballpark window. And if I'm shooting something in the studio, I definitely don't have that many photos to call through because most of them are throwaways at the beginning uh, because I'm just getting my lighting set. So I personally haven't found a need for photo mechanic. My recommendation, don't spend money on a piece of software if you're photo editing software already has some sort of feature of selecting and uh, categorizing your photos so you can edit them later. 
That's my recommendation. Let's go ahead and go to the final notes on culling. Uh, many people will tell you that you need to cull fast. I don't agree with that. I think that you need to cull efficiently. Selecting your images efficiently with the editor mindset of how does this fit into the greater collection is going to help you far greater than saying, I got through my culling in five to 10 minutes. Uh, to me, that is not helpful, and I would never recommend that to anyone. If it takes you 30 minutes to go through your images, it takes you 30 minutes to go through your images. You want to select the work that best represents what it is that you photograph that day, not I'm trying to get time back. Uh, editing is not about getting all of your time back. You know, I do agree that there are some ways to speed up the workflow, right? I just mentioned organized photos help me speed up. I think uh, that will help out with speeding up the workflow. So don't try and rush through it. Uh, I also suggest you make a workflow simple. Make your Don't make a overcomplicated selection process. Make it as simple as this photo inspires me to edit. Click. And then when you get into that second and your third or sometimes even a fourth pass, that's when you start to look at it a little bit more detailed and say, okay, yep, I want to edit this one. I simplified my workflow as, yes, I like this photo. And then it'll be a one star just means I'm going to edit you. At some point, I'm going to edit you. But I'm not going to edit you until I get done with the two star images which means I really need to open this up and see what I can do with it. The three through five stars, those are more of how much I want to deliver this edited version to the client. I don't give a photo a three star until I've gotten completed with an edit. And then uh, that's just a, yep, this photo's deliverable. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, and then the four and five are more of the, yep, this is the this is the money maker. That's my system of when it comes to calling, organizing, synchronizing, delivering all that good stuff. The moral of this one is the more options you add to your workflow, the more time consuming, cumbersome and less creative you're going to feel in the process. Uh, now, if you have a photo editor Maybe this won't be a big deal because you do the calling and then you send off the images you want them to edit. Uh, you know, I know that a lot of wedding photographers, they use a third party photo service to edit their photos. And that's perfectly fine if that's what you're doing. But I don't do that. I have to do all my own work. So I want to stay as creative as possible. And that's why I suggest all of the things that were throughout this podcast. Now, I didn't mention this earlier. Uh, but you may find that some base edits will help with the culling process. And the base edit that I'm talking about is your lens correction. Um, and then the one third or a half stop of exposure added into your photo. You can take it out later. Uh, but what I have found in my own personal work Sometimes I underexposed an image and because it was underexposed, I was like, you know what? I don't even care for this image. And I rejected it. And then I go back later and I'm like, wait, that was actually a pretty good image. 
Um, and based off of the lens you're using on the body type that you're using, you may end up with some vignetting that you don't even realize your lens is doing or oh, some weird distortion. This is really important when it comes to portraitures uh, and you're using a wide angle lens or you're up close on the subject. You may want to turn on that lens correction so you can get a good idea of what it is you're looking at and you can make a choice that is beneficial for your editing style. So there you have it. Those are my notes on what I think a photographer should do when it comes to culling and building your post-production workflow. Now, as I mentioned before, in the show notes, you'll find a link to a video that I did. I believe it's about 15 minutes long and it describes how you can, or it's an example of what you can do to build your own culling process for your post-production workflow. Um, and it's just a start. It's a stepping stone. I will never tell someone this is how you must cull because you're the creative in this. Uh, so you choose how you want to select your images and get them ready to be edited. Now, if there's something very specific that you want to ask about culling, you know my email is in the show notes. You can also go over to YouTube, drop a, a like, I would greatly appreciate, or a comment on the video. And I do get back to all of the comments on my videos. I respond to them. So if you have a comment, please uh, leave it on the video. It just helps out the channel uh, with the engagement and the YouTube algorithms and all that good stuff. But until next time, I want you guys to stay inspired and keep creating. Peace out. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As mentioned at the top of the show, if you would like to ask a very specific question, send an email to freewillphotos at gmail.com or you can leave a message on the freewillphotos anchor.fm page. Both links are listed in the show notes. I'm always looking for guests to be part of the show. So if you would like to join me in discussing any topic related to photography, send me an email. As always, I want you to stay inspired and keep creating.